Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast. It is MoneyWeb's weekly podcast where I speak to the leading investment professionals. And today's guest is one of South Africa's investment rock stars. It is David Shapiro of Sasfin. David, welcome to the show. Uh, we are currently seeing uh, the market heading back to an all-time high. Um, and that is after we saw a sharp correction uh, around the middle of the year. What is going on in the markets currently? You know, the correction, that uh, period, uh, July to September, was one of the worst periods we've had in years. And that was driven by fears about the Chinese uh, economy. Uh, the devaluation of the yuan, I don't know, sparked a lot of worries about where China was going. Uh, over and above that, the other big debating point there, of course, was uh, when America will, in, will increase interest rates. It, it was rather strange that the market reacted in such a negative way. And the fact that it's turned around fast, so fast, just shows you that uh, maybe we did uh, overreact. You know, now we've got China reducing interest rates. If you look at their economy, even though it's very difficult to understand the Chinese economy, things are not that bad. We've had some very good results coming out of uh, U.S. companies, particularly tech side. You know, cloud is now making a big difference to the earnings of Microsoft, Google, which is now called Alphabet, and Amazon is very, very strong. So you've had some, those, you know, they, they can move the needle, those kind of stocks. We've also had General Electric, Dow, and a whole lot of other big numbers, you know, big companies there uh, turning things around. And then, of course, uh, we've, we've got more help from Mario Draghi, you know, who's, who's committed now to further, um, you know, further stimulus. So that's turned market around. And there's a, there's a better feeling that, uh, uh, you know about the world economy and uh, also delay in when rates will be increased in the US you know mainly because yeah. there's no inflation in fact deflation is probably the one negative in uh, you know in the world economy worries that that there's not enough trade and that that could be deflationary and deflation is a is more of a force than inflation it's you know it's a massive mm-hmm. negative force but during that period in 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 june july when we saw the the sharp correction in many of the market competitor podcasts like we're doing now the theme was um you know capital protection and, and a lot of uh, the fund managers actually took money from equities into other asset classes um and obviously the market has turned around and and that will impact performance uh, did you turn defensive <laughs> yeah i know and uh i've never believed in that you know my philosophy is completely different what did you do do you sit on your hands or did you I try and no, just you know you know what rake i think over years you begin to understand the market and i didn't fear the market and i just held on uh we did have a bit of cash uh, some cash flowed in because certain funds were transferred to us uh, internally, and I held on for a bit. I didn't have a vast amount of cash, but I liked to buy companies which just continue to grow their profits. You know, and if the profits grow, eventually the market takes notice of it. So, you know, to get in and out and become involved in derivatives and strategies, and that eventually you drive yourself absolutely mad and probably misread the market as well. And and I think the other thing, the other philosophy is that, you know, I like companies that drive forward and expand and don't, you know, not contract. And I think a lot of fund managers made the mistake of, of trying to call the bottom of the commodity market, which I think has still got some time to go. Uh, and those are contracting industries, which I just tend to avoid. Mm. If I look at your, your flagship fund, it's the MET Equity Fund. 
Um, and I'm looking at the March um, statement. Uh, you've got uh, your top 10 equities were Naspers, Aspen, Discovery, Mr. Price, SAB, First Rand, Bidvest, Richemont, Bat, and, and famous brands. Obviously, they, they fall into the category you've just described, you know, big companies actually uh, expanding and doing well. But when I look at your September uh, statement or your uh, fund uh, update, I see two DBX tracker funds in there, the MSCI USA one and the Eurostox 50. Why did you go into those funds? In fact, they've always been there. They might not have made the top 10 because I only have about 20 stocks there. But it was, it's not a big fund. Ours is not massive. Therefore, it was my way of taking money offshore and backing those markets rather than ours, you know, rather than our market. So I'm very tight here. And, you know, from that point of view, if I could have, I would have probably taken the money offshore and bought a selection of equities there. But it's been very, very useful and it's been very successful. And it's a message to locals, you know, to to local investors. You can do pretty well out of these trackers. I probably prefer the U.S. and Euro above the U.K., mainly because I think the U.K. is very heavily tilted towards uh, almost like the JSE, you know, resources and uh, energy, uh, whereas the U.S. and European markets are, are much more productive type, consumer-led uh, markets. You know, in the U.S. it's tech. So those would be my choices. But we've done all right. You know, mm. we've done very well out of those. Yeah, the, the top holding is NASPERS, which I think mm. uh, we talk about a lot. It's a fantastic share and it has performed phenomenally. But SAB Miller is your third biggest holding. You must smile uh, because there's been a massive spike in that share. How, yeah. What will the impact <laughs> be on the whole fund? Well, uh, the, the issue is that if we do get money, what do we do with the money? But... Rake, I've always kept it tight. So, you know, as I say, 20-odd shares, each of around about 5% or somewhere around about that. So we've never gone, you know, we've never gone beyond that. I've never tried to weight them. I've just said if, they, if I'm buying them, then I must buy them. You know, I don't favor some more than the others. And when we drop one or if we want to include one, then we have to drop one as well. So um, I'm very happy that we held on to breweries. I know... You know, I think I held on largely because there was nowhere else to go as well. I've always liked the business. I've always liked the way that it's been run. And I understood that uh, um, there was a lot of premium built into it and that the, you know, it didn't really justify the kind of, uh, you know, the, the metrics that it was trading at or certainly the multiples. But in the long run, um, we've done very well out of that, you know, and very well out of um, British American Tobacco as well. And I see NASPES today as we talk. Uh, is heading you know even further higher and that and I think this is a company that's going to keep running so I'm even at these levels I'm quite happy with uh, with where we are the one thing there from March Rick, I did sell Mr. Price um, I just when their trading statement came out I was a little concerned about it uh, that maybe they're getting things wrong there and uh, you know it was a bit stretched and I'm very concerned about the local consumer as well, so you know, we uh, we did switch out of Mr. Price, mm. but famous brands on the other hand, I like you know because that's more a manufacturer than a, a retailer, and they've done phenomenally well. Yeah, mm. um, just that th- your fund is going to be ten years old at the end of this month. Um, uh, <laughs> if I invested a thousand rand in two thousand and five, what would I have today? I'm trying to work out what what I don't know what the price is. You've probably trebled your money, but uh, believe me, you went through some when. Rake, when we started that fund, I started in 2005, really 
to invest in infrastructural development and that side of the market. But as things change, you know, after 2010, we had to change mm. the whole direction of the uh, of the business. You know, as that part, as the local economy disappointed and let us down. Uh, I didn't find the options there as well. So we've changed the character of it from, from 205 to 210. We went through, you know, after 208, 209 was a very, very tough period. So I think the major growth has been since uh, from about two, over the last five or six years. I think probably an average of around about 15, 16%. I don't know what it is uh, per annum. So it's not, and it's, there's been no rocket science. I mean, if you look at the quality of the companies, there's nothing exceptional there other than, you know, they're all top companies. I think where we've been lucky is, is, is what we've avoided rather than, uh, you know, what we've held on to. Yeah. One thing that never is clear to me when you look at funds is the risk profile. Um, mm. You know, mm. many investors compare an actively managed fund like this with a tracker fund, an all C40 but sometimes if you do not um, achieve the same return as the LC uh, or the top 40 fund from Satrix, uh, there was significantly less risk. How do you manage that risk profile? Um, is it really relevant to, to communicate that? Yeah, look, we, number one, um, we look at the quality of the companies. And I think understanding the quality of companies probably comes with experience. You know, I think it's the one thing where experience stands above. Uh, I, I think that's where the gray hair helps, right? You know, you've been around, so you understand what a good company is and what a bad company is. I don't think it takes rocket science. You don't need a CFA to do that. You don't need spreadsheets. And broadly, we I've always looked for quality companies, you know, that look like they're going forward. And the other thing is that I look for liquidity. So if you wanted to liquidate the fund today, yeah. I could do it. You know, if you said to me, sell the fund today, I could do, you know, I could do it in literally a day. And and I, for me, that's a very important um, element of, of, of where we are. So also, if you get involved in smaller medium caps and that, it's very easy to keep the price up. You know, on very low mm. volume, so your performance sometimes masks, uh, you know, masks the risks, the risks of actually selling those shares. Mm. So if you said to me, "Can I convert that fund into cash?" I could do it in 24 hours, mm. and and uh, that's that's the most important. So if we need to jump, we can. Just lastly, uh, Sasfin also uh, manages a lot of private clients' money. Mm. Uh, do you invest it in the same way as uh, with this fund? It's very much, the, it mirrors, our, the fund mirrors probably our local portfolios, but uh, we are doing a lot of offshore. So instead of the tracker funds, we're taking money offshore. And they, the reason we do that is, uh, number one, to get geographic spread, but also there are far better businesses outside of South Africa than inside, even even looking at British American Tobacco and SAB Miller and that. And what we found is that, um, you know, there are stocks there that have, uh, have performed far better than ours. And I'm talking in dollar terms. I'm not talking rand terms. In fact, well, obviously, if we converted it to rand, they would have done better. But um, they are much better choices. So I would say like an LVMH has done better than a Richmond or an Imperial Tobacco has done better than British American Tobacco or A. 
SAB and Bev has done better than SAB and so on. You've got the L'Oreal's, you've got, you know, Aspen has done well, but it's come back very sharply. But you've got AstraZeneca, you've got Roche, you've got Merck, you've got so many other choices out there and, and better quality. So, you know, we're encouraging our clients to, to internationalize their portfolios simply because of the quality that exists there and the opportunities mm. and good dividend yields. You know, very high. And our market is expensive. You know, we, we forget this. Our market uh, on a relative basis, on a relative multiple, is a lot more expensive than, than uh, high-quality international stocks. Mm. Thank you, David. That was David okay. Shapiro from Sasfin.